Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. Lead up to the fight a lot of times that predicts the outcome. If he can intimidate you before the fight, what do you think he's going to do in the cage? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, you know, here's my theory. I got a theory. Yeah, I Let's it. hear it. I want to hear this. <laughs> I got a theory. <laughs> you let him know you're already crazy. I'm already crazy, bro. Let's go now. If you want to talk that trash to me in the hallways or at the meeting or the press conference, no, we don't have to get paid. Let's fight now. Let them know that you're not. It's intercepted. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. So my next guest is a a great friend of mine. I've known him since 97. So his name is Clayton Hires. Now, now Clayton, Clayton is a stand-up coach in the MMA world, but he's been coaching boxing uh, since 1991, so almost 30 years. He's a former professional boxer, and I, you know, I love bringing people on to my to my podcast that have great stories and that can inspire you to fulfill whatever goals that you have, you know, for high performance. I love to have other high performers on so they can dive into the secrets of the success. And so hence I have my good friend Clayton hires on Clayton. How you doing champ? Hey, what's up big guy? Clayton, man, I want to dive right in, man. How did you get into, into boxing? Like how old were you? Whoa, man. I probably, uh, right around 
I remember my grandmother was taking us, taking my, uh, driving us over to my aunt's house from the west side of Jacksonville, Florida, to the east side. And we used to drive through this neighborhood. And I would see the, we were passed by this uh, PAL club. I, would, I, I think it was a PAL club, but uh, some type of uh, facility that the big windows in it, uh, in the front, you could see the kids in there jumping rope, hitting the bag. In the box, you could see the box ring. I go, whoa, 12 maybe? 11 or 12, somewhere along, and I said, wow, man, I'm looking at it. And I asked my grandmother, could I go there to that, to that, you know, to that, uh, to that building? She said, no, these kids are pretty, pretty rough in this neighborhood. It was a lot of Irish kids in that neighborhood. And she goes, no, you can't. But one day, um, we went up to my aunt's house in Westside. I told my auntie, I was, uh, told my grandmother, I'm sorry, that I was going to take the bus back to the, uh, back home. And my plan was just to walk through the neighborhood and stop at that gym. Which I did, you know. I walked through. Even, the, even though, grandma said no. Grandma said no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just want to get it out there. <laughs> and grandma had this huge tree in the front yard. Has nice switches. <laughs> but she chopped you up pretty good. Anyway, but I took a chance, bro. I said, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I got to do this. I walked through that neighborhood. People, you know, youngsters checking me out. I walked in there and to the to the to the gym. And I sat on this on this bench. It was pretty cool. I sat on this bench, and there was a guy on a heavy bag, big tall Irish kid. Man, he was. And every time, Alex, every time he hit that bag with a jab, pow! It was it was snapped like a firecracker, pow! And man, I got chills all in my arm. You know, you know when you see a good tackle, you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that looks so cool, right? And I sat just watching him, looking at him, and finally, man, he came over. You know, he finished his workout. He walked over to me. Out of all the kids, he walked in, you know, well, I was the only one sitting there watching him, but it was, it was other kids in that workout. He walked over and he said, son, you're a fighter? I said, no, sir. He said, well, you want to learn how to box? I said, yes. He said, well, come on down with your shorts and your sneakers. We'll teach you. That was the Irish kids, man, a bunch of Irish youngsters in there. Started going out there every day, man, working with these guys. And, and they were trying to, you know, they showing me the one, two, and the step in. And, you know, I was getting bored with that because I wanted to get in there and throw some punches. <laughs> With <laughs> the one, two, you step, you know, and I'm, and I'm watching little Irish kids, and I'm thinking in my head, in my brain, I'm saying, I whoop that guy. Look how skinny he is, right? I'm looking at him, I whooped that guy. So I kept telling Alex, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, um, Dennis. I said, Dennis, I want to spar now. He said, No, you're not ready. He kept telling me, Yeah, you, I'm ready. I kept bugging him, kept bugging him. He said, All right, finally, because I figured I could beat that guy just by the way he looked, right? <laughs> And then he's skinny little white kid. I was a little skinny white kid. It's okay. So <laughs> they gloved me up. And boy, that boy hit touched me up with so many punches. I said, good gracious. I couldn't believe it. And I quit. I said, I'm, so I'm out of here. <laughs> little skinny white kid beat me up. I'm out of here. I walked out and I came back a couple days later, though. And that's how I got started, man. And I started working with you guys, training and training and going over the basic fundamentals of what you, as they, as, the term is if you master the basics, you can become great. Oh, I love to hear that, Clayton. And that's what that's when I'm how I coach, whether it's on the football field or I'm I'm coaching my uh, you know, my clients, my my coaching clients, it's like, man, mastering the fundamentals. It's yeah, not man. it's not always sexy, nope. but if you can master them, you don't have to think. It just it does what it does. Right. It's a reaction that it just, or it's just, uh, you know, 
repetitions in the ordinary and you don't, you know, you, you, your, your mistakes are limited. I, uh, so, you know, I, you know, I, you know, and I had no clue of the basics when I first started. So, um, Dennis was putting on a show in, um, uh, a professional program in Jacksonville. And I, and, and I wanted and to And how fight. old are you? How old were you? Doing oh, I was, I had to be about 13 or 14. I was right around that age. I can't okay. remember exactly. 13, 14, somewhere. And I, and I told him, I said, I want to fight. He said, no, you're not ready. I mean, first he told me that, he told me I wasn't ready when I wanted to first spar. That was the first, um, my first contact came up with that I wanted to spar. And, you know, and of course, then I said, I want to fight. He goes, like, you're not ready. I said, yeah, come on. Because I told because I want all my family to come see me do something that I was proud of. I was learning something, you know. I felt I was good at it. So he's okay. And uh, I was scheduled to box. My first amateur fight was against an individual that had lost his first fight. So I shows up at the weigh-in, and my guy's not there. He don't show up. And then there's another young, another, another young man there, and his fighter didn't show up. But he was an open fighter. You say, well, Clayton was an open fighter. An open fighter is a guy that has over 10 fights. I'm a novice, right? Novice has no yeah. fight. Right, no, uh, or less than ten, but I had so I'm looking at the black kid. You know, I'm looking at him. Alex, yeah, I love this, bro. Yeah, you trying to size him up? Size him up. Say, okay, <laughs> I'm looking at him. You know, I'm looking at that guy <laughs> just like I did the spawn. You know, like, okay, <laughs> still, so 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 you still didn't learn your lesson? No, no. Okay, That's okay. I had told all my family, I'm on box. I'm gonna be on the show, right? I had, so I, I, you know, I accepted the fight. I had it, made it happen. Because I'm looking at this guy. I can whoop this guy. I, so I told all my family members, you know, about it. And then they all showed up to for the fights. I got there, man. I, you know, I got, I borrowed shoes. I didn't have boxing shoes. I got me some shorts and I'm ready to go. This guy came in. He was on a team. This guy, I mean, he was a, this guy was set. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was <laughs> Well, yeah, shorts, no man. Shorts look good, man. He had, you know, he had an entourage behind him. I don't know if he was carrying a flag, but I don't remember that. But he, he should have. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my family was there, man. I had one little corner of the little gym. All the black people sitting over there, and they go, go Clayton. I was the first fight of the day, too, right? Because I'm the okay. novice. I'm fighting this guy, Alex. The bell said, "Ding!" I put my hands up in my little choppy position. Cause I get, I'm not moving, I'm not flowing anything. I'm just doing basic. And I'm, and I'm walking kind of statueless towards him. That boy, that young man hit me with about, I would say about three shots, three or four punches, like that. And I see, and then, you know how the cartoon, you see a little flop, birdie going around the circle? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, little birds, oh man. And I hear my cousin Sandra, she was screaming, Clayton, run! He's gonna kill you. <laughs> he started running. I, I went the whole. I went the distance. Okay. He topped me up pretty good, and it, it was funny because I I said, "Man, this guy don't hit me like that again." And I was dancing, bro. I was dancing, and I'm not a dancer. I'm kind of like an attack. My my body built is for attack mode. You know, go forward, <laughs> not dancing. I'm not an Ali type or Sugar Ray Leonard where you can dance around. Yeah. I'm not putting my style. And that was, so that was my first amateur fight. 
And of course, I went on to, you know, as, as you know, I stayed with the game and I learned. I, I, I eventually I moved to uh, um, uh, uh, back to Carolina with my mom, and I ended up going to the military. And in the military, I really got sharp. Really, okay. I, my first before I went to the military, I, I started. At, I, I joined Job Corps. Believe it or not, Ali, I love this. I, this is a great one. I joined Job Corps because you know why I joined the Job Corps? Why is that? I was I got kicked out of school, of course, because I was a knucklehead. You know, fussing and fighting and carrying on. And uh, uh -huh. <laughs> my and my mother told me I had to get a job, and I had never had a job. So I got a job working at Dunkin' Donuts, okay. busting tables. And I lasted, I lasted two weeks, because Alex, you have to work two weeks to get paid, right? So I lasted two weeks, and, and I was saying, man, I, I can't do this. I got home one night, and I was sitting there watching TV. It was like 12 o'clock at night, and a commercial on TV came home on, and it said, it was George Foreman. George Foreman said, if you, if you want to finish school, learn a good skill, Go to Job Corps, but like George, and win a gold medal. He showed his gold medal from the six day Olympics, remember? I said, yeah. whoa. I joined the Job Corps the next day. Wow. Went to Job Corps the next day, and um, they sent me to Kentucky. I went to Kentucky, um, went to Job Corps Center, and got on a boxing team. And that's when I, that's when I, you know, I, I, I traveled a bunch with the boxing team, and plus I learned a few skills. I finished high school in Job Corps. And um, I remember we went, as a member of the boxing team, we went to Fort Campbell, Kentucky to fight the soldier guy, you know, army guy. And when I got in there, man, I go like, whoa. After the weigh-ins and physical, we went to the mess hall. Alex, I ain't seen that much food in my life. That's a good Lord, I'm joining this army. See all the food? <laughs> I said, look at all that food, man. I am in. And my buddies, I had all my fight, all the, 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 all my buddies on the boxing team. Man, you crazy, because Vietnam was hot and heavy, right? Yeah. But, but see, I wasn't stupid. I've been watching the news. I, I keep my eyes open, right? And, and Richard Nixon came on the TV and said, I would, I would send no more troops to Vietnam. He said that in, in uh, July. I joined the Army in August. I, I ain't going to, I ain't going to, I just want the food. <laughs> Hey, bro, you get three meals a day. They give you, <laughs> they give you clothes to wear. That yeah. was that was it. You was, you was, was in. I was in, bro. Where do I sign? Oh, my goodness. That is hilarious. When I got in the Army, that's, really, that's how I really got real sharp. So, so when you started to uh, become a coach and you started to, to coach these, uh, these MMA guys, what was the difference? You know, what, what was their – I know they're built differently, right? They have a different mindset. They have actually, I mean, they have more weapons to use. They can use their feet, their knees, their oh, elbows. So, so what I'm called, I'm known as a striking coach. And the striking coach is a boxing part of it. Also, you, I, can, I, I, I work with guys on the elbows. Also, I know how to catch kicks. But I, in all honesty, I So they have multiple coaches. Yeah, exactly. Because, see, I... And I don't tell kids that I can teach you how to do a spinning back kick. I can't. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a karate guy, mm -hmm. or a, a, you know. And I'm not a ground guy. That's why you see so many guys in the corner. You know, when you see when you see a mix of martial arts fight, there are guys special. Now there are some there are some coaches that can specialize in all all the disciplines. 
But think about it. Uh, how many of those guys exist? And are their techniques as down, based down as they should be? Because they're working on so many different uh, uh, fundamentals. So I don't even tell fighters that I, I, if you go to the ground, if, you, if I'm the only guy in your corner and all of a sudden your opponent double leg you and power drive you to the cage and drop, put you on the ground and, and he has top control, uh, I don't study the, the ground part of the game, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I and I, don't, I tell fighters that. So get your ground coach. Now, once you stand up on your feet, I can show you how to touch that boy up. <laughs> gotcha. You know? Yeah. But, all, but check this out. All fights start standing. Mm. You stand up. Mm. But there's a good grapplers that are going to be able to get you to the ground. So you got to be able to move your feet. And now I work on foot movement, uh, anticipation. But the, the fight game is all mental anyway, though. It's a mental game. Just like football, it's mental. You got like, if you know if you got a receiver, you you out there on the, out there in that. Uh, call, it, call it what it is. It, it's an island. Go ahead. That's on that island, bro. <laughs> That's what a fight is on an island, man. You you in that you in that cage? It's just you and him on the island, and it's like, and, and you got and, and neither one of you can get out until until the uh, until the rough opens the door, right? Mm. You got to touch him up, and then it's the mental it's the mental part of the game that you want to get involved in. You know, I I've seen guys um, struggle with their opponent before the fight even starts. How's you know, that? Well, let's say you're walking down the hall in the hotel. Cause you're all in the same hotel. No matter, it doesn't matter what city, what state, what country. You're walking down the hotel room, hall, and you might see your opponent. You know, there, uh, three, four days before the fight. And it's all, it's all about lead up to the fight a lot of times that predicts the outcome. If he can intimidate you before the fight, what do you think he's gonna do in the cage? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, you know, here's my theory. I got a theory. Yeah. Let's it. hear it. I want to hear this. <laughs> I got a theory. <laughs> you let him know you're already crazy. I'm already crazy, bro. Let's go now. If you want to talk that trash to me in the hallways or at the meeting or the press conference, no, we don't have to get paid. Let's fight now. Let him know that you're not. Guess what he'll do when fight time comes? Oh, this guy is kind of crazy. Let me, let me. Take it easy here. Let me. I gotta be careful. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a mental game, man. It's a mental game. You uh, get. I'll leave to get in your head before the fight. I'll leave talk so much trash. You're too ugly to be champ. I'm the new champ. And I'm, my fat. My hands are too fast. My feet are too fast. And I'm gonna kick your ass. You stuff like. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It's yeah. all. Game. You cannot lose the fight before it starts. And you go out there and you. You know, wish you watching at the press conference and, and you won't look this guy in the eye. Look into his eye, you'll see his heart. Mm, I like that. I like that. So you've trained some some pretty some higher up dudes. You know, you trained some some elite guys in Chael Sonnen yeah. and Uriah Hall, just to name a few. And I I I one thing I, you know, in all honesty. Like I said, like I'm not a grappler, or I don't follow it. I, I you know, I kind of understand the ground game of it, but I'm more, like I said, I'm a striker. So if I'm with a fighter and he sees something that can help him from another coach, Alex, I don't have a problem with it at all. Cause hey, Alex, I'm not getting in there. I'm, I'm not fighting. That's, 
that's that youngster is fighting, right? Mm. Alex, um, um, Uriah is he moved his camp to Dallas, Texas, and I said, uh, and and it doesn't, it's cool because I, you know, I go down a couple of weeks before the fight, or uh, and we kind of jail and touch bases and go, you know, and I kind of oversee what he's doing and you know what I'm saying, but it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all because I went to I went to his camp down in, in, in Dallas. And I like it. <laughs> you know, oh. I really like it, man. It's more like a team atmosphere. It has okay. A, like, I like it, it has a boxing type of uh, training uh, structure. They'll assign one sparring partner who mimics the guy you're going to fight. And they go over the same routine. I mean, repetition, right? Right? Yep, rep- yep. Over and over and over. You remember when he fought Carlos Jr.? Well, I don't know if you saw that fight, but it was his. It was his last, maybe yeah, his last fight. He, because before that, we was canceled in Jacksonville. That's right. It's uh, Jacare. But before Jacare, we had uh, Carlos Junior, another Brazilian grappling guy, and he uh, went over the defense, the, um, guarding the choke from his back over and five. For hours, man. Oh, and I and and of course, because that was uh, Carlos's um, strong suit. That was the mo, right? Oh, that's his. That's his main game, right? His his ground game. But of course, on the feet, you I touched him up. Boom, 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 boom. Should have stopped him. My prediction was he'll be stopping in the second round, and he dropped him with a good shot. because his hands are so fast, he dropped him with a punch in the second round, and I think he crowded him. And he kind of should have let him get back up. And then chopped him up some more, but he jumped down and tried to finish him while he was on the ground. And got pulled and grabbed it. And finally, he did get up. He turned his back to walk away. Carlos jumps up, run across the cage, grabs him, and throws him down again. So, yeah. you know, it's it just strategies worked good for Carlos. It's just to hang in there for three rounds. Mm-hmm. So, when with coaching, mm-hmm. just with coaching, what is your biggest failure, and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure in coaching it, coaching or, or being coached, giving giving advice. Uh, yeah, yeah, giving advice. I think I think I've with the MMA, not the boxing world, but the MMA world. I should have grind in and studied more of the the ground and the grappling part of the game. To be honest, because I just I just feel that here's here's my theory. I believe. If you move, if you move your damn feet, a grappler gonna have so much trouble getting you on the ground. But you, it, you gotta move, and the guy and guys say, "But coach, I get tired. I can't move." Well, well, run, do your road work. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, we're in training. Train for it. Yeah. I just, I just believe the striking the strikers, a wrestling background with striking dominance. Is the key to, to th- look at all the champions in the in the in these uh in the in the UFC or Bellator or one of, they're all the wrestlers, right? But yeah. how, how do but how do how do they make their money? Knocking cats out with their hands. <laughs> that's right. You see, Conor McGregor. That's what yes. you know, his his deal is. Yeah, he can they, wrestle, but hey, he uh Miocic, He's a uh, he's a wrestler. He he the heavyweight champ. Right, but I haven't seen him on the ground yet at all. Mm. I haven't. He's the middleweight champ. I, I so I, I mean, he's a mystery. I, 
it looks, it's, I see a guy trying to get him down. It's kind of hard to get him down. And it's so frustrating, man. If you're a, if you're a grappler and you cannot get a striker on the ground, it, it demoralizes you. Because mm-hmm. he'll touch you up with punches. Hands and feet. Yeah. What is, um, what is one myth that you want to debunk about MMA fighters? What myth? Huh. What myth have I heard about MMA fighters? Hmm. A, a lot of MMA fighters can box. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know I think it's a myth that they can't. A lot of them come from boxing. Matter of fact, every time I go to a boxing gym, I go to you know I go to a few boxing gyms in Vegas. Um, Bones Island Gym is one. Um, uh, City Light Boxing is another one I go to occasionally. And um. Guys know that I work with MMA fighters, and I've had guys come up to me and talk to me about uh, uh, moving over to MMA. And you know, they said, they said that the boxing making all the money. Yeah, just the, the, the main event guys. Yes, they are. They're getting paid. Matter of fact, in boxing, they they the undercard is not even publicized. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. always the main event. You know, uh, uh, the, the main two guys show up. You have no clue who the undercard guys are. In um, an MMA fight, it's like a, it's like a, a show, an entertainment, the whole card. Even the first fight of the night, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's publicized. It's, you know, the crowd is not there. The crowd will show up to around the fourth and fifth fight, but the, even the first fight is, is promoted by the promotion. I mean, they put the cash dollars into it because the first fighters, the fighters from that first show, um, uh, uh, contest, eventually might be a champ one day. You never know. Yeah. You know, I remember Conor McGregor's fighting on the undercard of one of our, you know, uh, of our shows. I remember, I remember that guy. I remember the first time I seen that guy. He walked in. We were, I forget what city we was in, but you know, all the fighters. That, he came. He came walking through where all the fighters get their hands wrapped, and you know. With his entourage, he had a, a, a three-piece suit. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Even back then. Yeah, you're like, but right away, he had, it was something about him. It was entertainment, right? Gotcha. Yeah, he was slick back, and he had his boys behind him can all his crap. <laughs> <laughs> he came into the UFC like he was already the champ. It was so funny, man. So he had a mindset already. Already. He showed up. He showed up. There's nothing new about Conor McGregor. Matter of fact, I remember, I remember, see, Shell was somewhat, you know, he was charismatic like that. You know, he'd come through there and he'd chop you up in the interviews and guys want to kill him. Then Shell double leg you and, you know, beat you with his elbow and stuff like that. Pound you in the yeah. face. So I say, my job is to throw, put you on your back and punch you in the face. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> he, knew he, 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 he knew where his strengths were. Yes. And my job was my job was just to show, work with his strike in his hand, you know, his foot movement. And we worked we worked a lot, man. Shell could box because his father, mm-hmm. his 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 father worked with his boxing when he was a youngster. Mm-hmm. So he really, you know, his father wanted him to be a boxer. Yeah, uh, wanted him That's to something. Boxer. Yeah. So uh, so he his his dad had him boxing for a while. So it wasn't like he was a total stranger to it. But yeah. we know we did a little tweaking and you know work working on a few things like that. And such a great guy to be. So so tell me this. 
What's the secret to success or, or winning? What's the secret? Secret is the, the secret in the fight game, you have to have confidence and you have to and you have to be committed to the sport. You gotta train hard. You 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 can't go in there, you can't go wishy-washy. You gotta put your time in, just like in football. And it's and just and honestly, just like anything else. Anything else, man, any in the athletic endeavor, any personal endeavor. If yeah. you want a if you want a degree in, in, in sociology, you gotta go to school and train and study hard. Same thing with the fight game. You gotta be committed. You can't tell your coach, I, coach, I don't, I don't like running because it's it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I got I've heard, I've heard guys say that nonsense. I, I've learned <laughs> I've learned that man, if you're committed, if you want something bad enough. You, you can't always go off your emotions. There's going to be days where you don't feel like doing it. I can remember the day, uh, Alex, that I uh, I woke up one morning, do my road work, and I just, I don't know, it was just like out of the blue, I said, I'm tired, right? And I was in my 30s. I was in my mid-30s maybe. That's about when it's time to, especially in boxing, you mean, you, 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 you start slowing down, and you know, right around then. It was just like happened overnight. My body said, all right, bro, that's it. And once I started getting out of my mind that I was just didn't want to run and didn't want to do my road work, I, I knew it was time to retire. Because if you don't, if you're not disciplined, see the fight game is, I personally believe it's about 80% mental. It's really, I mean, because all the other athletes, you know, they, everybody's strong and, you know, they're lifting weights, they're lifting heavy stuff over their heads and they're doing 3,000 push-ups. And, but if your brain tells you that you can't do it and that guy is much better than you across the, the ring or I ain't going to be able to see those punches, if you tell yourself that and you think that, ah, you got a problem. So you got you to have them, you have to be mentally strong you gotta have the you gotta have um confidence in yourself, but you gotta prepare. You gotta prepare. If you don't prepare, man, you you're acting for trouble. And I got guys that, that I call them um what's the term I wanna use to be vulgar. They half ass guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they they I don't know, they they think they think they know what they're doing and they don't. They they think they know more than you. They think that they don't need to do that because ah, I'm good. And then when they get into the contest, they go, oh my goodness, I should have, could have, would have, right? I should have, I should have ran harder. You know, I don't know. It just, I, I you know, I got I got things on my head, my brain that I think about that makes me bring that up. Because there's there's fighters out there that they, they like the glamour and they, and, they, and they like the bright lights, but they, they don't want to work. They don't want to work. It's just like with that. There are everyday people like that, though, in society. Some people don't want to work. Some people don't want to work. People, some people do not want to go to the office or to the, to the factory or to the, you know, or to the fields or whatever they're doing. Some people don't want to do it. Some people want to, they say, I just steal at night. <laughs> yeah. I rob somebody, you know, I'm not working that hard.
Yeah. And I gave him the same way, man. You got to work hard. You want to be number one? Do you know how many miles Sugar Ray Leonard has run in his life on Muhammad Ali? Do you know how many rounds of buzz have been boxing? you know how many rounds Marvin Hagen has sparked preparing for fights? Oh, man. These guys, man, it's – can you imagine being Joe uh, Lewis? You know, the, the training and the preparation. And then also uh, the, the, the somewhat – the, the, the roadblocks because he was knocking cats out, right? Can you imagine Jack Johnson? There was that's why the term remember the term great white hope? Because they're trying yeah. to get rid of him. They needed a great white hope to beat that guy. He was knocking cats out left and right. Right? And he was laughing about it. <laughs> Jack Thomas, man. B is it's the fight game is it's tough. Well it's just like in football. Think about it. You in the locker room, you know who who's gonna bring it, right? And then you know who just come to get a check. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, you know, it shows up. And, show and, and here's the thing, you know, all the practices, all the games, they're taped. Yes, and it's our job to watch the film, and it's our job to get coached. Yep. And so you cannot. I always say this: you can't. The eye in the sky don't lie. Yeah. It's, it's, and, it, and it's a big glare. It's a big, big, bright, shiny, glary light on on your performance. Especially it's take if it's tape. I don't know, everything, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of athletes um that are not committed to uh serious preparation. And then are you fighting to be number one or you just fight for a paycheck? I usually want to pick up a few dollars here and there. You know, but if you just want to pick up a few dollars, you're like, go get a job. Go learn a skill that you don't mind doing that people pay you to do. Love yeah. that. Because the, um, the, the athletics, man, is it's, it's for, it's for the, the passionate and the hard workers, man. You, it's, it's very, very, um, very intense. Um, structural environment. I just think that when you when you wake up and say to yourself, I don't want to do this, you should retire. So you don't get hurt. And go find something you want to do. I mean, God gave us the, the ability to uh, reevaluate our whole thinking process and do something different. So so Clayton we're getting to the, to the point of um, my podcast where we get into the blitz period. And so okay. you, you're familiar with football. So the blitz period, I'm just going to fire off a couple of questions to you and you can quickly, uh, quickly give me your answers to it. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Clayton, what makes a good leader? A confident speaker and a quick decision maker. Love it. What advice would you give your 23-year-old self? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the army now and turn pro right then. Not, not wait till I 20, well, 23? Wow. I give myself. Oh, invest my money in real estate. <laughs> oh, I like it. Okay. All right. Yeah. For my listeners who don't know, Clayton is 60 is a 60 will be 65 later on this year. Oh, 
Oh, I turned 65 Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, he is 65. So, Clayton, Clayton is 65 years old. Now, you can't see Clayton, but Clayton does not look 65. Clayton looks maybe, maybe 45. And I'm being totally honest with you. What is your daily routine? What are the habits that you've created in your life that keep you, you know, youthful, looking great? I need this. Well, one thing is my vitamins. My wife is on me, man. And she, 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 she watches what I eat. I'm serious, bro. I grab something that, that, you know, that won't be good for you. Whoa, you know, and I eat well. I don't eat a lot. I eat seafood. I don't, I don't eat uh, processed meats and stuff anymore. I did as a youngster. When I, Cause when you're young, you're, you know, yeah. you can fight off the, the viruses and you know, all the ill effects and toxins. But when you get older, your skin, I do know that my skin is not as tight, you know, uh, because I'm 65. But I can see I can still got in there, run around with the dogs, and, you know, I can do road work with the fighters and all that stuff, uh, jog and sprint and this type of thing. But I don't, um, I eat well, I sleep well, I still exercise, I do Actually, Ali, you'll love this. I do 65 push-ups every Saturday. You like mm. that? I like every- that. I can do that. Only on Saturdays. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I do. I'm serious, bro. And if I do them every day, I struggle. It's weird. If I do it every morning, but if I just say, okay, on Saturdays, this is what I'm going to do. I knock them out. I knock out my sit-up. I just do it on Saturday. I say, on Saturday, my workout day. So that's their commitment day. Yeah, I'm sad. I do my little Yeah, of course I pray in the morning. Mm-hmm. Every morning I pray, and I have a little area where I go and I pray for good health and for my kids and my wife, and my family, my surrounding, my friends. You know, mm-hmm. or if something coming up that I think somebody need a prayer, I pray for it. So you know, mm, that's great, Clayton. Uh, how can how can my listeners get a hold of you? You have a so are, are you on social media? Yeah, um, what is that thing called? Um, you got a website that, no, or anything like that that my listeners can. Oh, matter of fact, man. Um, um, let me see. How did I, what is the best way? Um, Clayton hires at MMA.com is my um, email. Um, okay. But I do have an Instagram thing. Yes. And my wife runs it pretty much. I love it. What's your Instagram? Clayton hires at MMA.com. Instagram is with it. That it go. MMA stand up. Yeah, MMA stand up. Clayton High. Man, it's been a real pleasure, man. I, I appreciate you being a guest on on the Shark Effect. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is... An, in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition 
what, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just, not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes, but I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different, okay? So make sure, check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.